0: if you always think back like you can always find a connection of why something happens or how it's benefited you uh, and like I said I'm, I'm always kind of thinking in a very positive way uh, and so initially I, d- I didn't want to do anything with teaching anymore I was like I'm done with teaching I don't want anything to do with it. and now I look back like now I'm a yoga teacher and now I'm, I'm a humane educator all like you're going doing to is teaching so all I do is teaching <laughs> like all day long I work with my clients I'm teaching them how to cook and how to you know prepare meals and teaching them how to, to change their, their lifestyle and their habits. And so I, I've kind of come to this point like, you know what, I'm meant to be a teacher. Like This is what I'm here for. This is what I was put on this earth to do. And I've stepped into that role more so than ever and taken advantage of all those years of teaching and educating and use it in a positive way.
1: That was Matt Korski, plant-powered coach, and this is episode 40 of the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. Welcome back to another week of looking, finding, and living your purpose by listening to the stories of people who are doing just that. This week, we have an awesome guest who completely embodies the Yogi Triathlete message and mission, and we are psyched to be able to call him a friend. We caught up with Matt in New York City last August, and as a lot of you already know, I love our New York City podcasts. I love the music of the city that you can hear in the background. I love all the moving parts that work so seamlessly together to create one of the most energetic places on this earth. During our time at NYC, I specifically remember an experience as I waited for BJ outside of the Whole Foods in Midtown. I stood up against a building at an intersection, and I just observed... I observed the people, the cars, the buses, the bikes, the animals, and I listened to all the sounds. Everything was coming from every direction, and without a misstep, it all came together with divine perfection. And I remember that moment so specifically as I was listening to our podcast with Matt again, because he is living this exact orchestration in his life. And it was after conjuring the courage to follow his heart away from a life that was moving him away from health and happiness to one where he now gets to live his love for health and wellness every single day as his profession. It's not to say that Matt's transformation or quote-unquote new life isn't without challenge. It's just that now he doesn't have to work so hard to make it all fit. It works seamlessly all on its own. Just as the universe provides for the millions of people to intersect every day in New York City without fail, Matt Korsky's life is an effortless integration of purpose and passion. In a life that seems lifetimes ago... Matt found himself caught in a cycle that is the reality of so many people in our nation. A quintessential family man, Matt worked long hours away from his family in order to provide for them, but somehow in the process, he stopped serving himself. Leaving the house at 7 a.m. and arriving home at 7 p.m. zapped his energy. And although his athletic inspiration was still present, he wasn't even able to make those goals of his training and racing because everything in his life started to get the best of him. He gained 10 to 15 pounds and he could see another 30 to 40 adding on easily down the road. He was exhausted despite drinking 7 to 8 cups of coffee a day, He was feeling depressed, and the injuries in his body started to roll in. This was not the man he dreamed to be. He looked bad, and he felt bad. And it was during this time while on a family getaway that Matt went fishing, as he had done so many times before, to provide food for the dinner table that night. But it was after his big catch of the day that his life would change forever. And a new trajectory would be put into place that not only transformed Matt's life, but led to a professional path that is now serving the good of all. Matt is now an ultra distance endurance athlete, father of two with number three on the way. So awesome. He is a certified vegan lifestyle coach. He is a yoga teacher, he is an Amrita Bars ambassador, and he is a humane educator through the Ethical Choices program. He took the leap after many signs and a long final year at his job. I can't say that he's never looked back because he has, but the way that he looks back is that he sees with clarity that his entire life was a perfect sequence of events to get him where he is today. If he didn't get to a point where he felt so bad, He may have never turned to a plant-based diet, which within weeks completely transformed his health, including playing a major role in his cognitive clarity after decades of living with a confusing ADD brain, a brain that never allowed him to feel like he was making his own choices. It was from this cold turkey switch that he was able to get back into athletics, quit coffee, and educate himself on the positive effects that eating a plant-based diet has on the health of the planet. It's people, and of course, it's sweet animals. This is the story of a warrior. This is the story of someone who is willing to become vulnerable enough to lead with his heart and to see his imperfections, to heal his body and mind, and step into his role as a health and wellness educator. We chat about his road to becoming a yoga teacher, as well as his entire backstory to his transformation. We chat about the effect of eating a plant-based diet on his training and the ultimate importance of keeping communication open with the family, especially when it comes to a household that is only partially plant-based. Matt shares some awesome tips and recommendations to keep connection within separation on the plate. This is truly an inspiring conversation, and we hope you guys enjoy the show. Before we jump in, I just want to thank everyone who has reached out to us with feedback on the new website. We've really been under a soft launch for the last week, just releasing it to you guys, and we've been fine-tuning, and we're going to be sending it out to the masses soon. But we've got two new ways to support the show, so please consider helping us out so we can keep the YTP alive. We really need your help. Patreon and Amazon will get the job done, and those links are right on the homepage. So if you haven't checked it out already, definitely go to yogitriathlete.com and check out some of the incredible deals going on right now. Like when you sign up for six months of coaching, either triathlon or run, you get your first month for 99 cents. What? Yeah, it's true. We've also got a similar deal on virtual yoga classes with me. So no matter where you live, you and I can get to the mat whenever you want. I've been practicing yoga since 1992, and there's no way that I would be able to do what I do without a strong yoga practice. I plan to continue crushing the long course for decades to come. So if you want some one-on-one instruction with me, you want some insight into my secrets on how to keep a healthy body and mind, get to the site, get yourself a virtual yoga package at a killer price. All right, that's it, you guys. Let's get on with our conversation with Matt Korski, plant-powered coach and modern-day yogi triathlete warrior. So tell us, um, your business is Plant Powered Coaching. Yes. Tell us about, tell us your story. How did, how did, what's your plant based story? And then how did Plant Powered Coaching, how yeah. was that birthed?
0: It's kind of interesting. Uh, you know, I was working the year before I went uh, plant based and I was working at this school, it was an all boys charter school in, in Brooklyn. And uh, it was a very, Challenging year to say the least. Uh, long hours. I was up at like four thirty, five o'clock every day to be in Brooklyn by seven, and then I wouldn't get home till seven. And I, you know, we had one little girl at home, and uh, it was a lot of stress with the school and trying to train and just eat healthy. Uh, and that year, I probably gained ten, fifteen pounds, and I was training for a fifty-mile ultra marathon, and then. I had signed up for Ironman and Lake Placid as well, but through all the stress from work and, and injuries, like, it just didn't happen, and I was feeling pretty depressed about everything. Um, so that summer we went away to the Adirondacks for a vacation, and, uh, you know, at that point, uh, you know, it wasn't plant-based or anything. We went out fishing and everything, and uh, I remember one point early in the morning, I was out in a, in a canoe, a kayak, and I caught a fish, and, uh, you know, I'd killed it with the oar and I felt and I just watched in that moment, watch this fish like breathe its like last lives because of me. And like, I was, I don't know, it was really powerful. Like, I, I think I shed a few tears at that moment. Like, And I, I'd never done that before. I always felt like it was no big deal. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. I was catching fish, you know, to feed my family that night thought it was kind of something manly and something cool to do. But in that moment, something kind of changed, and I was like, "Wow, I I don't want to do this anymore. Like, there's something wrong about this. This this fish just died because of me." And uh, so, I went to the beach, you know, and I I took a you know picture of this huge fish that I caught, and then I looked at myself, and I was like, "Wow!" I was like, "I one, I looked bad, and two, I felt bad." Um, so a couple of weeks later, school started, and I was you know wanted to make improvements. And so I started researching about doing another Ironman, and I got the AOK okay uh, about doing Ironman Maryland, uh, which was the Chesapeake man at that time. Um, and I think everything started to click just from that one point, uh, from catching the fish to training, looking at how to train. I started uh, looking at different people and different athletes and how to train for an Ironman. And uh, I came across Rich Roll uh, in his book Finding Ultra, and it was like pretty amazing to think of an athlete being able to push their body so long over such a, a challenging course, like the Ultraman, um, by just eating plants. So when I got back to thinking about it, I was like, you know, like with this this fish, the fishing trip that I had, and and feeling unhealthy and depressed and like, uh, wanting to do this Ironman, which I've been wanting to do for a while. I was like, you know, I'm ready to make a change. I need to do something. Uh, so I did a little bit more research. I read, um, the China study, Brendan Brazier's book, uh, book thrive. And then, uh, maybe a month or two later, you know, after a little bit more debate, I went home and told my wife, I was like, you know what, honey, I think I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna go vegan. And she's like, uh okay like sure like what what else are you gonna do because uh you know like I'm, I was always kind of like you know what? I'm gonna try an, a triathlon I'm gonna try you know a 50 mile ultra marathon she's like okay so she's kind of used to me just trying something new and like that's kind of my personality is like always up for something different um and she was six months pregnant with our um our second daughter at the point. So she's like, you can do it, but I'm, I'm not going to like, there's, there's no way. Uh, so the school I was working at at that point was also serving vegetarian food, uh, for lunch. So I was already eating vegetarian like during the day. And I was like, all right, I just have to like start eating, you know, vegan all day long and just eliminate some of the cheese and stuff. And, you know, I just went cold Turkey pretty much that next day I stopped, uh, and I started talking to a classmate or, um, a co-worker and about being a vegetarian and vegan and she was giving me some uh, some tips and stuff and yeah it felt amazing within two weeks I felt like I was a whole new person uh like I felt I remember speaking to a co-worker and telling him like I felt like I was on steroids I felt so amazing training I'd go out and ride for 50 miles and then do a 10 mile like run afterwards and the next day, I felt like I would never done anything. Like, I felt amazing. Like, I was fully recovered, more energy than I had ever had in my life, and just more, like, focus. And, uh, and from there, it's just been a, a great journey all the way through.
1: And that that was my experience as far as, like, within two weeks. Like, mm-hmm. I—so much changed, and for me it was getting rid of the dairy, but I hear that so often. I mean, it, it must be true yeah. that this that switching to this type of diet is that transformational and it is that quick. Mm-hmm. So you had like what so many people are plagued with, like not feeling so good, not feeling so good physically, not feeling so good mentally not, um, you know, leaving the house at seven, getting home at seven and doing this grind. And you had this moment with the fish, right? Yeah. I mean, was it that clean cut? Like, were there times where you questioned it? Was there a time where you thought, I can't eat like this and train? Did you have the doubts or did you really just like, Rich Roll's book is, is, very influential on a lot of Mm -hmm. people and it certainly was on us as well i mean where he went and uh where he came from was just so remarkable but did you have moments like what i guess what i'm asking is what is the difference between you and the person who's still leaving at seven coming home at seven which isn't that's not the bad part it's just not feeling good not feeling good about themselves not feeling good about what they're doing what's the difference
0: well i definitely still had points uh you know, throughout the journey, especially the first year of like questioning, like if I kind of felt a little sore or sick or just anything, I'm like, oh, maybe I'm not getting enough protein or it's because I'm, I'm, I'm vegan now or something. But I was like, no, like I used to feel the same way, you know, when I was eating meat. So I definitely had moments where I was kind of questioning it. But I think the big thing was like, you know, and I just got tired of like kind of feeling crappy, <laughs> you know, like I was drinking like seven, eight cups of coffee a day. You know, I'd have like a big mug of coffee on the way to work. And then in our office, we had a coffee maker and that was like our ritual. You know, someone would buy the coffee for the month, and someone would bring the creamer in, and then someone would be the person that would be making it each month. And you were
1: the person that was drinking it.
0: And, yeah, and it was right <laughs> next to me. So I was like, ah, oh, why not? I got to go teach a class. And it was like a challenging class. Might as well have another cup of coffee. And then it was like, I'm tired. Like, I, I want to be awake for my daughter when I get home. So might as well have another coffee on the way back home. And then, uh, you know, I don't want to fall asleep driving the the Belt Parkway, which is, uh, <laughs> not a fun drive back, but, um, yeah. And I just was like, this is, this is not good. I shouldn't be drinking this many cups of coffee and still feel so tired and not feel like alive. And, uh, I could see where I was going like in the future, like another 20, 30, 40 pounds easy, like in the next couple of years, more stress. And just like, I just, got to a point where I was like I need to make a change I need to do something and for me it's always been like a physical thing I need to like push myself so I was like I'm gonna do an Ironman I'm gonna I'm gonna try like I've been wanting to and you know like the last year I didn't do it and I was I'm just gonna do it so with all of it it just came to a point where it was like I had to do something and I was like I'm gonna try vegan why not like I've got nothing to lose it's not a jail sentence. If, if I don't like it, if it doesn't feel good, if it doesn't work, I can go back and I can figure out something different. But I've never given it a shot. All these people say it's amazing. It's probably not going to be as amazing for me because I'm just a normal dude, but it was absolutely transformational for me. Yeah, it sounds like, like
1: it changed your life.
2: Yeah. And the coffee, so coffee, you mentioned it uh, briefly, the, the ritual. Yeah. So what, what were you doing at this point for your career? What were,
0: what uh, I taught phys ed. Okay, phys yeah. ed. Middle school phys ed.
2: Okay. And you're drinking this coffee and it's a ritual. And, and did you make that connection where you, you're sipping the coffee, you know, you, you want to get home to your kids, you want to be active, but did you sense that it was a ritual? Like this was just a ritual. All it was was something warm and brown in the morning yeah. and all day. And you can disconnect from that.
0: Yeah, it was something that was just like something that you do every you wake up you don't even it's like a mindless activity and the more that I got into it it just became even more mindless like the more coffee I drank or just that whole idea of like all right every morning get to work at seven by seven thirty a big you know 12 cup pot of coffee is is brewing and you're ready to go and then it, it just it wasn't even a thought process it just something that you did every day, like you wake up, you brush, you brush your teeth, you get dressed, you go to work, you come back home. It was same, your automatic behavior. Yeah, it was
1: like your wide open super highway. Like it's yeah. just what you did.
0: It was kind of, it was kind of scary because I'd always uh, busted my sister in law's chops about how much coffee she drank, uh, and I was like, wait, I'm doing the same thing. And I was like, Classic that's not good.
1: Projection and <laughs> denial.
0: Yeah, I was like, that's not good. Like, and uh, so I knew I had to do something. Did
1: you feel the physical detoxification from it? What was that experience like?
0: When I went vegan.
1: Well, from the coffee. Let's um, just talk about the coffee.
0: No, because you know it. Like when I uh, when I started going plant based, like I said, I just went overnight, and um, I felt amazing. Just I think from all the the wow. actual nutrients, like I. I started drinking less, you know, within the next week or two. And then I, I would go for that cup of coffee. And I'm like, wait, I actually don't need it. Like, I feel good. I'm like energized. Again, it was like that ritual. I'd go and just automatically start grabbing for that pot of coffee and pouring it. And then I would, something just clicked. And I was like, wait, I, don't, I actually don't need this. I got tons of energy. Like, I'm, And I'd put it back and I'd go do my stuff. And so just over time, it just diminished on its own because I, I felt like I didn't even need it. And you talked about, when you switched to the vegan diet, you had more, your thoughts were clearer.
2: So I'm assuming this, this probably had a lot to do with it because before you were ritual, you were numbing out, you were doing it, and then all of a sudden you're starting to stop and pause and think. Yeah. And say, is this cup of coffee really good for me? So I'm assuming that the plant-based diet really cleared up your, your, your mental state and had things show through a little bit more clear.
0: Yeah, it it really made a huge difference uh, with everything because even growing up, I was diagnosed with ADD and so my mind was always racing like a million miles per hour. Um, And recently my mom asked me, she's like, so do you think like this plant-based nutrition, the vegan diet has actually helped with it? And I was like, for sure. Like I'm definitely more focused. I feel like I can make an actual decision based on my own choices and not just because of some other physical person inside of me making it. Like I've always felt like it wasn't me that making the decisions. But now once I went, you know, plant-based, I felt like I could actually make a decision for myself. Like it's cleared up a whole nother section of my mind that I could stop, think about something and then actually do something instead of actually reacting just immediately to something.
1: I think that's how powerful choosing to eat this way is because we're not born into a plant-based society. We are born into and very early on in our life are taught really and conditioned to consume animal products, whether that's, you know, the milk of another animal, a species or the meat and choosing away from that. I mean, I forget. I feel like everybody is plant-based and I have to remind myself that we are a very small percentage and that even though we know people who have been vegan since the 60s and vegan since the 80s and like the true pioneers, we are still on the forefront of this. And it's choosing a way from what we're conditioned to know essentially about what we need to put in our body. So I think being able to just... I think there's a huge power behind this decision to eat against the way we are conditioned to eat. And it infiltrates every part of our life so that we can see, like, I don't have to do something just because I always have done it. I don't have to do something because everybody else is doing it. Like, I have choices in this and I can eat another way and I can eat in a way that doesn't harm the planet or the animals or me.
0: Yeah, I I think
1: it's so powerful.
0: I totally agree. I've never
1: Uh, looked at it that way.
0: I heard someone uh, a couple months ago uh, talk about it in a very similar way, and they're talking about, you know, you're born uh, into, like, a certain religion, and, uh, you know, you're kind of born into different thoughts of the way that you're supposed to be and the way that you're raised, whether it's a male or female, and, you know, society's points of view, it's the same thing with, like, the way that you eat. You know, if you're Italian, then, you, you know, you eat a lot of pasta and cheese and meatballs and all that stuff. And so when I, when I go into schools and I do my presentations or I talk to other people, and I just share it like, you know, like you have a choice. Like you're born with a certain set of ideas that that's the way life goes, but it doesn't have to be like you have the power to make a choice about what you want to eat. You're probably going to get a little pushback from some people because uh, it may be a little, you know, intimidating to them. But you actually have a choice to stop and do something completely different if it doesn't feel right for you. Like, no one ever stops and thinks about that. Just because you're Italian doesn't mean you have to eat lasagna, you know, four nights a week or, or something like that. Like, you could stop and actually think about how it's making you feel and then make a different choice that's going to lead to something that you actually are looking for. So, when did you make the choice to pursue
2: your plant powered coaching business?
0: It was within that first year, I just felt so, uh, so good physically, mentally, and emotionally. And I just wanted to share it with everyone. You know, I was like, this is like, I felt like this is something that has been hidden from so many people and we've been kind of lied to about what, what true nutrition looks like. And I just wanted to share it with the world, you know, and I wanted to find a way to speak about this and. Allow other people to feel the same way that I did, physically, emotionally, and just kind of open up their whole lives in a whole different way. I was too scared. I was definitely too intimidated um, to really kind of pursue it. So that next year, uh, when I went to a new school, I was lucky to have some really amazing colleagues that were extremely supportive, understanding, um, and were open ears to everything that I was sharing about. Um, and they they said like you know you you would be so great at just sharing this in a whole different way, it's like a health coach or just some other point of view than in like in a school. And so I was like, well, I've actually been thinking about that too. But you know, like, there's no way I could do that. Like, I'm I'm I've been a ed teacher my whole life. This is what I do. Like, no, like you. And it's just showing up
1: in your life. Yeah. Like people are now telling you to do it. Like, how many more signs do we need?
0: Exactly. And uh, so. Literally within that next day, I started researching, like, health coach, how to be a, you know, a vegan health coach. And I was like, maybe I could do it. And then I found uh, Victoria Moran's Main Street Vegan Academy, and I applied, uh, I think, within the next week. But it was closed out. I got an email back from her, and it was like, oh, sorry, we've already, you know, reached our capacity for the next training I email her back, I'm like, I really need to do this. Like I, I think it's like what I'm supposed to be doing right now and I shared my whole story. She's like, you know what, I wanna make an exception. Like you can you can join in. We don't have enough men that are, you know, doing this and that are sharing their, their story. So, you know, we'd love to have you come. Uh, and that week was absolutely epic. Uh it was by far one of the best weeks of my life. Yeah, just, it
1: looks like an unbelievable program and the field trips that you get to do and just, it's not just about eating, it's like the lifestyle. It's the whole lifestyle.
0: Yeah, th- I think the best part is just being able to be around people that are so like-minded and have the same ideas uh, and want the same thing out of their lives and, you know, from the world and want to make a difference in the world. Uh, and it's... It was just really educational to see people that were doing something in a positive way and doing, you know, because they want to, and not just because, like, all right, well, I, I made this decision at high school. I'm going to be a teacher, and that's what I'm going to stick with. Like, no, you know what? I'm really excited about, you know, being an animal advocate or a nutritionist or something like that, and I want to make a difference, so I'm going to pursue that. I was like, wow, I can actually make a change. I can do something. So for me, it was kind of like enlightening and it was like a very open feeling like I can actually jump ship possibly and and do something different.
1: Oh, for sure. And you get so jazzed when you're around and I want to get into talking about yoga with you too, but like just my experience with yoga training or when I was in massage school and you just like... You get so jazzed being around that energy of people who want to help other people succeed and thrive in life. I mean, there's to me that, like, that's the best drug in the world. It's just feeding off of that, and you get so inspired. And her program is uh, very well known, and people come from all over the world. So you're really lucky. I love that you just emailed her back and was like, No, Victoria, I have to do it now.
0: Yeah. When I first got that, the first reply back that it was closed, I was like, oh, I was like, maybe I'm not supposed to do it. And I was like, kind of sad and depressed. And then I taught a class and I came back, I was like, and my coworker was like, just email her back and just tell her that you really need to do it. And I was like, <laughs> all right, I'll give it a shot. Like, she's probably going to say no again, but she was cool and you she can't said, yes. like yeah. you
1: gotta ask like i can't even believe the people were asking for interviews yeah. and i can't believe the people are saying yes yeah
0: you yeah. know you
1: just gotta ask it's amazing but it definitely seemed like that was um that was the path for you to take that training and then did you come out of that with plant-powered coaching or was that down the road
0: so before i went to the training i had already kind of developed the website and the idea and i was you know swirling some different ideas about like what to do. After that, that week, I felt really empowered um, that I had, you know, some good solid, you know, education and and people that back me up about moving forward and actually helping people to move more towards like a plant-based diet. And I work with them. And like, when I work with my clients, I I don't, you know, force them to go vegan or plant-based or anything. I, I tell them like, listen, I'm coming from, you know, this standpoint of plant-based nutrition. And I fully believe that this is the most, um, beneficial way to live and to eat, but I'm going to help move you along in that direction. Like if you don't want to, that's cool. But with that Main Street vegan Academy, that really kind of gave me the confidence to be able to guide people in that direction in a way that I don't, I don't think I would have been able to do before. And it's given me a lot of contacts, you know, physical contacts with people that across the country that has been amazing to support me when I have a question about a client or just a question about, um, any other nutritional questions, anything in life. Um, and it's been really great to have a support group and to always know that there's someone there, uh, to kind of throw a question out and get an answer or response back.
2: Yeah. Victoria was, was talking about the program and how it teaches you to convey message to the people where they're at and everybody's at a different stage in their life some people want to change and can change overnight like you some people need a little coercing and some people are just not going to do it they need to realize it um, on their own but she said that was part of the program was just how to communicate and and convey your thoughts and your goals to people in a way that they can easily digest it Mm -hmm. understand it and then be empowered themselves to make the earnest move towards plant-based nutrition so i feel like i i actually am thinking of taking the program just from listening to her and listening to you but it feels like you can make that connection and it gave you the confidence now now you can talk to people now you can get your message across without being that you know that hardcore you know this is the best thing um sort of like them to do that
0: yeah when i when i first uh that first six months of me switching I remember calling, uh, you know, family members and be like, this is, you have to do this. If you don't do this, you're gonna die. And like all this, you know, and I would think back now and I was like kind of embarrassed at like how, how I kind of was, but it's like anything. Like you find something that's so amazing and it feels so good and so life-changing. Like you just want everyone to experience it. And so with that training and also, thankfully, my wife is really amazing at kind of keeping me on wraps for when I kind of go off uh, off the deep end sometimes. But with the training, it's, it was really a great way to talk to people and like, listen, this is where they're at. Like they might be a, a one month journey, a two year journey, it doesn't matter, but at least they're kind of going in this direction. And how to kind of guide them along that way, whether it's a a single person or as a family or, you know, someone with a husband or wife that eats meat and the other one doesn't just is really, um, an extremely valuable week, uh, for myself as a person, but also moving forward as, you know, business.
1: And you just can't, you just mentioned something that I'm going to ask you because it's, something that we come across um, is when you've got a family, and my experience is it's usually the wife, who is, and you you might have different experience, but it's usually the wife in in the cases that we've dealt with where she is moving towards a plant-based diet, she is also the preparer of the food. She's doing the research, she's reading the labels, she's buying the food, she's understanding now the link between chronic disease and animal products, yet half of our family is still eating that. So really, I mean, let's take the woman out of it because it doesn't really matter. It's whoever the preparer of the food is. Now they've got a split household. And how do you guide people to deal with that? In my personal experience, BJ was still eating chicken when I wasn't eating anything like that.
2: Lots of chicken. And
1: so, <laughs> I, I did it. You know, I I was thinking, okay, I'm preparing this food. Like this is an honor. Okay, but I really can't cook this any. Like I cannot handle this dead flesh anymore. And then I was like, I can't cook it for you. So then he would cook it. And then I was like, I can't even have it cooking in the house anymore. So then he would buy it pre-made because he didn't want to cook it anymore. And then eventually he weaned off of it. It's, maybe it's easier for me because it was just us and we don't have kids and I just kind of like cut them off and was like, I'm not going to prepare this anymore. So if you want it, you got to do it yourself. But what advice do you give people who, cause there's a lot of households out there right now that are split. And when you think about dinner, family dinner, it's really a time to connect. And to um, to share, and you know, after the busy day, to be with one another, and when you've got a big divider like nutrition in the middle of it, how do you guide people through that?
0: Yeah, and that's uh, a great point because even within my family, my both of my sister in laws are are fully plant based, and um, their husbands, my brother and my brother in law, they're they're not. Um, and you can see a big difference even between them. Like my brother is not very open to it, um, whereas my brother-in-law is really open to it. He'll prepare food. Uh, he'll do a lot of the grocery shopping and, and find new recipes. But when I'm working with you know any of my clients, the one thing I, I try to tell them and, and get across is that you, you can't push anyone to, to do anything, especially as an adult, because no one's going to want to be told what to do. So the most important thing you can they can do is uh, educate themselves and maybe drop a little seeds here and there. Maybe uh, a news article or maybe email them a link to a video or sit down with the family and watch, you know, a documentary and say, listen, this is really important to me. This is um, something I want to move forward with. And, you know, as my husband or my wife or my partner, whatever it is, like, I would really appreciate it if you can actually just maybe sit with me and watch it. Um, that you can get an understanding of like why I want to do it and what it's going to look like and then maybe we can have a discussion about it. And I found for most people that works, just being open and sharing and expressing their feelings. Uh, And it's it's definitely a tricky situation because when we first, uh, like I said, when we first switched, um, for me, my wife had no interest. So she was still cooking and I was, you know, also preparing a lot of food too, but I just couldn't prepare the chicken or the fish. Just looking at the it, the chicken
1: and the fish—it's always the last to go.
0: Uh, just looking <laughs> at it just made me want to vomit instantly. Uh, and then to touch it and anything—and I, I told like I can't do it anymore. Like, like it just—I'm sorry. Like I'll keep cooking, but you'll have to cook the chicken. I'll make everything else. Like that's fine.
1: And I think that that's okay because we were discussing this in preparation for a podcast that we're going to be recording tomorrow about how to thrive on a plant-based diet. And, um, and it's, you know, as the preparer of the food, you know, you're, you're nourishing the bodies and the minds of the people you love the most, Mm -hmm. right? That's the plan that you love the people you love the most are your family and your spouse. And so if you are educated in the mountain of evidence Um, of how a plant-based diet can benefit your health and serving up what is causing so much illness or, or connected to so much illness. Like it's a huge conflict. And so I think it's okay. I think it's okay to say, I can't do this anymore. And feeling in, to yourself as the preparer of the food, like where am I at with this? Because I'm nourishing the bodies and the minds of the people I love the most, yet I'm preparing something that is in complete opposition of how I feel and what I'm supposed to be doing. So I think it's okay to, if you're ready at that point, to kind of say, I can't do this anymore, and I'll make everything else, but if you need the meat, you might have to grill it outside. Or
0: Yeah, I I agree. And I think as, like in a personal standpoint, it's like – you know you have your own personal values and ideals and I think it's perfectly fine to stand up for yourself and like listen like I don't mind if you eat meat and everything but personally like I just can't be you know preparing it or kind of involved in that process anymore because it's just not something that agrees with me personally you know with my values um, and it doesn't have to be again a point of conflict for anyone you're just expressing your opinion and share it in a, a very open way. I think for a lot of people, it's um, maybe they're scared of what, you know, their spouse or their partner is going to say. So the most important way is just having that open dialogue and conversation. You know, if you have someone that you're choosing to be with, hopefully they're open to you sharing this new idea that which you want to live. Yeah. I mean, it's
1: scary. You might, you might actually be opening up the root of some other things that are happening, but I think being brave to have that open communication is everything to the success of the future of that family
0: well for my wife and i like that's pretty much the root of everything like whenever i want to uh maybe train for a new event like just last was it last week or two weeks ago i'd, I'd mention like honey uh kind of have something i want to talk to you about um you know and, I, and I'm, I'm looking to possibly train for a hundred mile ultra marathon but I would never just open up and say, "Listen, this is what I'm doing. Like now, deal with it." Like, cause you're both
2: involved. It, it yeah, affects everything. It
0: affects everything, and so I'm, you know, open to her saying no about it because if it's going to cause too much distress for her and for our kids, then it's it's not worth it. Like, no race is ever going to be worth that much to end up leading to. A divorce, God forbid, or anything like that. Like I want to have an enjoyable time training and not feel guilty about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember the first big race, uh, I did a 50 ultra marathon when my daughter was, I think a year old. And I remember going out and, um, feeling so guilty, um, when I was out late training and she was home with it, with my daughter and and I think it was because I didn't really uh, approach it in a way that was like open for her to say yes or no. It was more like, this is what I want to do. And like, I'm going to train for this. And, you know, everything else is going to be on you. Uh, so the next time I, I asked her again to open up to doing an Ironman, we had a, like a long conversation for a couple of weeks about it. And I expressed, like, this is what it's going to look like a lot of hours of training. I'm not going to be home. And, you know, just everything to make sure that it was totally a a cohesive idea between the both of us. And she was cool with it. And for me, when I was training, I felt much better being out there for hours and hours on the weekends or at night. Um, And for her, she also felt like she was a part of it and not just I was throwing this on her and now she had the responsibility of, you know, these extra hours watching our, our toddler and so I think even with uh, the nutrition, it's the same thing. as like being open and sharing and talking about how it might look and, you know, what you can do to help them out and, and support them if they're still eating meat. But just giving them some education and having an open dialogue about that conversation would be really uh, beneficial for anyone. And,
2: you're, and you, were both, you were both individuals before you met. So you each had your values and goals and then you came together to have this family And it's important for the spouse to understand what's important to that other person. I think the open dialogue is exactly for that, like to understand why you want to do something. And if this means, if this is so important to you, then yes, the then we can do it with, you know, X, Y, and Z. This is how it's going to happen. And it's it's temporary. Like everything we do, (laughs) these mega (laughs) endurance events, it's temporary. Mm -hmm. It's just something you both joined in on and you mentioned it, like your wife is part of it. Like she is part of your passion to pursue endurance racing. And these are the guidelines that it needs to meet. Um, But my point is you were, you were individuals to start with. You came together and it's important to continue. And this is something Jess and I really believe in is just to maintain your individuality. Like this is what, this is who you are and you need to work on yourself. So I'm not going to eat meat. Like I'm not going to cook it. That's, that's important to me. And, sooner or later the spouse you know may not be there but they're on their own timeline and eventually will come together because you have formed this union um but but again i believe like you just have the individuality to start and i think it's so valuable to be separate but also to be together
0: yeah i i totally agree and that's um same thing i was talking with uh a fellow yoga teacher this morning after my class and she's been vegan for twelve years but her boyfriend is like a huge meat eater and she's like it's appalling how much meat this guy eats. Uh she can like, I, I want him to switch, but um she you know, how do I do it? It's like well, you know, you can't force it, just let it be open and you never know. Like someday it might happen. You know, the one woman that I followed that I met uh through the Main Street Vegan Academy, JL Fields, she'd always talked about how her husband, you know, he was, you know, a meat eater, a carnivore, you know, when they met and she, you know, went vegan at some time and eventually over a period of time, he also switched and you just have to be uh, open to give them mm-hmm. their space and, and be free. But having that individuality of still being yourself um, is important with anything that you do is like, because otherwise you kind of lose who you are, and maybe in a way become resentful for anything. Oh,
1: absolutely. You start to compromise who you are, you will become resentful over time, for sure. Um, So you mentioned yoga. Where does yoga come in on this?
0: I was um, (laughs) taking a master's class uh, for my education, and uh, it was on stress, and we did hot yoga. And that was like the first time I ever took a class, and we were doing like the Bikram, and I was blown away at how challenging it was. Yeah, was this
1: pre-vegan, post Yeah, this
0: was <laughs> 10, 12 years ago. Um, and so I was taking the class once a week, and I, I invited my wife to come, and she started doing it with us, uh, with my uh, classmates, and then she kept going with it. She got really into the Bikram stuff, and she was doing it two or three times a week. And I kind of fell off, because I got more into the triathlon and the training, but I would do it, you know, once in a while, you know, once a week. It's maybe so once important a month. to
1: the training, dude. Yeah. It's so yeah. important.
0: But then the more I got involved with the endurance training and I started to amp it up towards a half Ironman and, you know, marathons, the injuries started to roll in quickly. And <laughs> the more I was reading about training, I was like, yoga, yoga, yoga. So I started going back to yoga classes Um and I felt so much better. You know, I've always had some IT band issues, and just with the yoga alone, that made a huge uh, difference with that. And we've got two herniated discs, and that alone, I'd have major flare ups during training or just any time through the year. And with yoga, it's like pretty much solved that. I still have, you know, minor aches and pains. It's not perfect, but it's taken 95% of that pain and stiffness out of the equation. So when I started training for the Ironman, I was doing twice a week yoga, uh, and I just felt so much better.
1: Oh yeah, and for so long I did once a week, and once a week, yeah, it just puts you back to where you were. But um, two times a week is good. I find three is like optimal, which cuts into my training a little bit, but with but the three is like that's gold for me. Three times a week during Ironman training.
0: Yeah, it's make a huge difference
1: it makes a huge difference and then you went through a training and you're a yoga teacher as well
0: yeah so uh last year I did a a summer intensive yoga training after I quit my job as a a school teacher so
1: that happened last year you after last teaching season you quit so 2015
0: uh 14 I think 14 yeah so nice
1: Finally made the
0: jump. I don't know. It was a pretty um uh it was a long year. Um it was a long year mentally going into it because that that previous summer I'd done the the Main Street Vegan Academy and I was so inspired to do something different.
1: And then you went back to your job.
0: Yeah. And um I initially thought it was, you know, the inspiration would kind of wear off. You know, you're around all these cool people and it was exciting, but I was like, eh, it's gonna wear off. But it just kept coming back. And I kept feeling like this pull towards something besides teaching, uh, besides being in the schools. So I went into the school year already kind of having this idea that this was going to be my last year. Like I didn't want to do it anymore. So I, I, I tried to focus more on the plant-powered coaching. But for me, it's always been it's either all in or, or, or not. So, throughout the year, like, I just found myself not being able to really put the energy into, you know, the plant-based coaching that I wanted to. So, midway through the year, I talked to my wife, and I was like, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, leaving. You know, I don't want to do this anymore. And, again, coming back and just having this conversation with her and, like, being open to her saying, no, like, we need you to, you know, to make the money. And, you know, the hours with the two kids is really important. But she was completely open to it um which is <laughs> which
1: almost makes it harder yeah right like because it's all like you can do whatever you want
0: it's probably easier if she would have said no yeah. and yes. I was like perfect oh, I'm like, an endurance <laughs> athlete I can endure I
1: yeah. can go back <laughs> oh my to god doing we can so stuff. relate yeah. to this whole experience that you've had because we had the same
0: one but uh yeah and then I had a couple you know things that happened throughout the school year that were extremely challenging with this school and, it just kind of led me to believe like, all right, I'm just not supposed to be here. This is not what I'm supposed to be doing right now. Uh, so I just, you know, got the courage and the idea I was like, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to end the teaching. Uh, and I had no clue where I was going to go next. I, I wanted to do the plant-based coaching, but it was like, I don't know how I'm going to start making that same amount of money and be able to support my family and, and to be able to do it. So in the meantime, I was like, you know, I'm going to get certified to teach yoga. I was already doing, you know, three to four classes a week. I was really into it. But I was like, this will be a way I know I could be able to pick up some classes and make some money right off the bat. So I went into it, and I really kind of wasn't sure about it until about two weeks in. And then I was like, this is this is awesome. Like, this yoga teacher training was Really powerful.
1: Where? What um, training did you go through?
0: It was uh, in West Babylon, out in Long Island, a place called Always at Home. Mm-hmm. And oh, that's cute. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was mind blowing. That whole intensive was uh, really powerful. The group of students that were in my class were really warm, inviting, welcoming, and I grew so much personally. And uh, I dealt with a lot of issues that I've been kind of harboring in my mind since I was like five years old uh, like when my parents got divorced and you know having resentment towards my father and, and anger and all that stuff and we went through um, this training called Hellinger's and uh, it just kind of let everything go um, and it was amazing the best uh, experience besides that main street vegan academy um And so I started teaching uh, that August last year, and the more I got into it, the more I really enjoyed it and saw that people really were getting stuff out of it. And another kind of avenue for me to share, uh, like, the plant-based nutrition, because I would talk about, uh, you know, stuff I was eating and share recipes and, you know, any other way I could kind of sneak it in and just kind of uh, open up to uh, the dialogue about a different way of eating and a, a different lifestyle, which also enabled me to get in contact with different yoga studios about doing presentations and, and cooking demos, which uh, was been really helpful to kind of spread the word.
1: And talk a little bit about your experience as a yoga teacher as a male. And you posted something on your Facebook page the other day about how after class this woman said how much she enjoyed your clash, which is so nice when people share that. And then it was almost like, and I was so surprised because you're a guy. Yeah. You know, it was like this kind of like applaud and punch. And and I'm sure that's not how she meant it. But there is, uh, there is, the, the scales are tipped in, you know, in the way of the female as far as the teachers go. But Alex, who you were uh, mentioning, who was uh, on our podcast He's a yoga teacher and, you know, just really powerful. And I think um, it takes a guy who's willing to be open. Like you were just saying, you had a big transformation in your training. It takes that openness and vulnerability to be a powerful teacher. And I think that um, men and women have equal opportunity to, to be effective as a teacher in yoga. So tell a little bit about your experience and what you've come up against.
0: Um, it's been pretty amazing, uh, actually. And I, I think it's, I always look at things in the positive side. And, uh, as far as being a male, I think it's enabled me to get more classes as far as teaching because, you know, studios or gyms, they're, they're used to just having mostly females. And so when they see a male yoga teacher coming, they're like, oh, we don't even have one. Sure. We'd love to have you come in and, and try it out. And I have a lot of students come in, they're like, oh, I've never taken a class with, like, a, a male yoga teacher. And they've been practicing for, like, 20 years. So I take that role very, as an empowering role to be able to show, especially other men, uh, that, you know, yoga is not just for women. Um, and it's not, like, you know, a sissy activity. It's or just something that's not, you know... Uh, masculine or anything like it's it doesn't have to be into that it's just something that is part of your life that makes you feel good that allows you to open up your mind and your body to a new experience Uh, and for me it's it's been a really positive experience uh with exception with you know a few little uh remarks here and there but it's it's all you know in a positive way i think most people share that stuff but the teacher training and the just teaching yoga, for me, has allowed me to be more confident. Um, Because I could say probably 10 years ago, I I wouldn't have the confidence that I do now to be able to go out and speak to people um, and to be able to share who I am and to try new things. Um, So it's been personally fantastic being confident with my teaching and to share that confidence with other people about trying new things and just being open to a new experience and not allowing society to say just because you're a male or a female that you shouldn't do this. And because you're scared, just give it a shot. And if it feels right, continue doing it.
2: Yeah.
1: And I think every, every woman I know would agree that a masculine man is like one who can stand in his power with an open heart. And I think our society may say that that's not, but my experience is that, you know, there's nothing more, uh, attractive than that you know to to see a man stand up there and be open and be vulnerable and command the room you know and and teaching yoga like you're teaching these ancient um transformative practices that have the ability to take the existence of anyone and flip it and change it and open them and get them out from being stuck and it's it's such an honor to be a yoga teacher, um, and I do agree with you, it's really transformational. Um, I dropped a lot of who I thought I was in my yoga training, for sure, And but standing up there in front of a class, in front of people that you don't know, being okay when somebody rolls up their mat and walks out the door, yeah. um, is really empowering, and it does allow us, I think, to share our messages in effective and um, compassionate and confident ways. And so one other thing that you've done that I wanna talk about is the Ethical Choices Program. Um, And that was pretty recent, wasn't it? Or did you finish it recently? Because I know you posted about some stuff on it.
0: Uh, Yeah, so again, thinking about the Main Street Vegan Academy, uh, I just happened to go online one day uh, and someone had posted in our our closed chat room that they had just got this position as a humane educator with the Ethical Choices Program. So I'd message, message them like, "Oh, what is that? That sounds really interesting." And they're like, "Well, they sell the opening." So I googled it, and uh, it sounded like a perfect fit—exactly what I wanted to do. You know, they go into high schools and universities, and they do presentations uh, for free on plant-based nutrition and environmentalism and compassion and ethics and just awareness about what's happening in our world and how our food has a huge impact on that. So again, I emailed them about you know the opening and sent them my resume, and again I got another email back. <laughs> Sorry, we're not hiring anymore. Uh, you know we have a small budget, um, and you know we're, we're looking at a budget, but we'll let you know and you know if we have more openings. So I was like, oh man, shut down again. But within a week, I got another email back. They'd met with the board of directors. They got the AOK to hire more people. I interviewed within, I think, two days, uh, and then within a week uh, I got the position. And the next month they flew me down to Atlanta for their training. Uh, And I met all these, again, awesome people that were really helpful in in kind of moving forward this humane education and plant-based nutrition and animal advocacy. And when I got back in April, uh, after the training, I just started contacting schools. And within that last two months of school, I did almost 100 presentations in about eight eight or nine different schools. Um, And every school, all the teachers were just blown away. And I would say, Almost all the teachers at the end of the presentation would say, like, listen, I I think that was amazing. I got to go home and talk to my husband or wife. Like, I think I need to go at least vegetarian, if not vegan. Like, I had no clue that this was happening, not only to the animals, but as far as environmental impact and the animal agriculture, uh, and even, like, the health, like osteoporosis and calcium and just uh, cancer and anything else. Um, So it's been a pretty awesome journey with them just to be able to get into these schools and share. And for me, having those 13 years of being a, a school teacher has allowed me to just go in there and, and put all the uh, college years of training and the 13 years of teaching right into, right into play and be able to you know, go off and be able to share it in a really positive way.
1: It's so perfect, like when you think, oh, I'm in in this job and I can't do it anymore. And then a couple years down the line, you look back and you say, oh, my God, that all makes sense now. Now I'm using it in a different way.
0: Yeah, it's always, if you always think back, like you can always find a connection of why something happens or how it's benefited you. And like I said, I'm always kind of thinking in a very positive way. And so... Initially, I I didn't want to do anything with teaching anymore. I was like, I'm done with teaching. I don't want anything to do with it. And now I look back, like now I'm a yoga teacher and now I'm I'm a humane educator. All like, you're going doing to is schools. teaching. So, all I do is teaching, like all day <laughs> long. I work with my clients. I'm teaching them how to cook and how to you know prepare meals and teaching them how to to change their their lifestyle and their habits. And so I, I've kind of come to this point, like you know. what I'm meant to be a teacher like this is what I'm here for this is what I was put on this earth to do and I've stepped into that role more so than ever and taken advantage of all those years of teaching and educating and use it in a positive way
1: yeah so it wasn't necessarily the teaching you just needed like you were kind of pointing the finger at the teaching but it was just you you needed the universe was telling you that you needed to make space to open up for this new type of teaching. And um, you kind of were a teacher for us because we were looking for um, another way to fuel ourselves during our races. And that's how we got connected with you through Amrita. And I can't remember, I think it was BJ that had the first point of contact with you, but you were searching for a plant-based nutrition bar and you introduced it Amrita to us, which we've now used, you helped to educate us on, you know, this other way that we can maintain, um, clean fueling through these endurance events. So, and now you're here sitting in our hotel room. I love the power of social media.
0: Such a small world. And even, uh, even this morning when I was talking to that yoga teacher, you know, we met again, online, and we've been talking for six months, and today was the first day I took a class. So it's, it's the last month or two, I've kept meeting all these people that we've met, we've known each other for like uh, you know six months, a year, two years online, and so the social media is extremely powerful. Yeah,
2: it's so, I mean, we are up in Lake Placid, and there's so many people we've connected with just from their handle. Yeah. Um, and social media makes the connection, like our connection, and then now we're here face-to-face and in between there i even worked for Amrita for a little bit and you're a team ambassador yeah um, for Amrita bars and they're gluten-free soy-free nut-free dairy-free um all plant-based and we both use them i I use them now for ironman and i have all my athletes use them um but i really find that or i was looking and searching for a solution because we were always using power bar and power bar had milk fat in it Mm -hmm. and i think that's um the reason why I was I was out there searching and it's just a popular easy digestible bar but in order to go the full distance you need to have you need to remove that stuff and and focus slowly on uh, solely on a plant-based solution and Amrita became that solution so how long have you been using Amrita bars or how were you introduced um
0: well I got introduced to our shot and Emerita bars uh in the city in New York City they had a a booth at the seed was like a kind of like a veg uh, event in the city and I went up and kind of was chatting with him about you know I was training for an Ironman and I just recently you know in vegan I was looking for some training bars and he had expressed to me that he used to be uh you know a professional you know cyclist and doing all this other racing and stuff so it's like I don't know this is like a small bar company I'll give it a shot but I don't know how well it's going to work again like with the plant-based nutrition there's always a little skepticism but i was open i gave it a shot and it felt great just using them um i did a couple of test rides uh before i was just using gels and and gatorade um so i went out and did some test rides just with the Emerita bars and and with uh just water and then a couple of training rides with the gels and and the Gatorade, and I noticed a vast difference between the two. Like with the gels and the, the Gatorade, even the gels alone, I could feel a huge spike in energy. But then the same drop, uh, a huge spike going all the way down to the floor of like mentally feeling exhausted, physically feeling exhausted. But with the Emerita bars, because they're, you know, whole foods, I felt great all the way through. I'd eat it, even a half of one. And I could just feel like a steady energy, uh, a steady mental focus, you know, all the way through any training ride or run or anything that I was doing. And I could actually eat them the whole day long. It's usually, you know, the goos or the gels or any of that stuff, you have like five or six of them, your stomach could start to turn and your mouth is like, you don't want to have anything. Uh, But these I could eat all day long with a bike and with a run, and I never got tired uh, of enjoying them.
1: And I find them to be really easy on your belly, even though there's a, there's some fiber in them, I think like four grams of fiber per bar. These are the only bars I've ever been able to run with, mm-hmm. like to eat, because I don't know if it's the date base, but they they literally like dissolve. They just like dissolve. It's not a heavy a bunch of heavy chunks in my belly. Like, I'm able to run with these, whereas I've never been able to run with anything except for bars or, I mean, uh, gels or liquids before. And I love that because I can take them through the whole day. And also, like, you're pulling out big chunks of, like, mango and pineapple. I mean, they're just, they're amazing. And I love the story that, and I may be getting this wrong, but I believe the idea of it is um, that he literally created these um, as a part of his journey to work with his son who is autistic and realizing that getting out the common allergens, the gluten, the dairy, and creating these bars, like the nutrition changed this little boy's life and the way that he functions, um, in his life. And then that's really where Amrita was born from. Is that correct?
0: yeah that's uh that's the story that he uh shared with me when i first met him so
1: beautiful so it's like these bars were born from a place of love and i mean what can be more nourishing than that i absolutely love them and i think they're delicious too and they make really good thank yous for podcast guests (laughs) we usually give them a few bars although we're out right now so
0: oh man i know
1: (laughs) there's a banana (laughs) on the counter you can have
0: hey bananas work for me (laughs) Well, also with, like, Arshad, like, his story, you know, going from, like, a, a corporate job and, you know, probably making, yeah. you know, a decent salary to uh, starting up this, you know, business of making nutritional bars uh, is really inspiring. <clears throat> and so for me, when I was thinking about making the switch, I remember having moments thinking about whether or not I could actually do it. And I'm like, well, like, this, this guy, you know, went from this big corporate position to starting this whole business about making bars. And I can only imagine how challenging that is as far as like making food and making sure it's fresh and quality and, and everything. And, uh, I was like, if this guy can do it, then like I can leave teaching and become like a health coach or a yoga teacher or just do what I want. Uh, so it's been kind of like a point of inspiration for me is thinking about any of these people that I have personal contact with that have made, you know, that huge leap of faith to doing something that they want uh, and that they're passionate about. And my yeah. daughters also love the bars, too.
1: Yeah, to- totally. And you're a point of inspiration for people as well, that you took that leap as well. You know, so you see how it all trickles down. Um, and you mentioned your daughter. Do you have two daughters? I got two. And yeah. are they both vegan?
0: Uh, they are 95% vegan. Is your yeah. wife vegan? Yes, yeah, she is. Yeah. When did
1: she make the switch? I have- how long
0: ago Probably about 2 months after I did. Oh, so, mine she was, was a, She was
1: an uh, early adopter.
0: Yeah, mine was uh like in February, I think of 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she she switched around uh, I think maybe end of March, April. Uh, and again, she was like 7 8 months pregnant with our second daughter Madison at the point. So, it's like pretty wild for her to be able to mentally make that change. You know, she's carrying uh you know our daughter in her in her stomach and she's trying to nourish herself to make sure that the baby's healthy and everything and she makes this huge leap uh to something that she's you know no clue about and but it was me that was giving her the education which uh kind of made me feel really great knowing that she had that much trust in me that i could support her and you know nourish her with food that was going to not only make her feel good but also you know, this little one that was growing inside of her.
1: And you're experiencing what a lot of parents experience is that, um, you know, they may be plant-based, but the kids are not 100%. And so how do you navigate that? Like you don't want to, you can't, like anyone, we can't force our agenda on anyone. So how do you kind of navigate it and find peace with, with um, their diet?
0: Even from the beginning, before we went uh, vegan, we were really into... You know, eating healthy. We had a garden uh, always, and we were bringing our first daughter, Riley, out to the garden when she was, you know, young enough to be out there or old enough to be out there and kind of help us, you know, plant seeds and, and pick the fruits and vegetables. And I think that's also a huge point for anyone, you know, just getting them hands-on, whether or not they have like a small patio garden on their balcony in their apartment or just, a community garden is giving them that hands-on education. You go to the grocery store or the food market, and you kind of let them feel the fruit and the vegetables and talking about them, like, why it's good for you, like, how does it make you feel and the benefits and bringing it down to their level, maybe even having books, you know, that you can read to them about, you know, nutrition or just, you know, in their, in their kid language and sharing little tidbits here and there about why we're choosing to eat this way. And they get it. They know. When you go to the store now, with my uh, my oldest one, Riley, she's six. She's going into second grade this year. Um, and sh- we go past like the the deli or you know the meat section, and she's like appalled. She's like, oh, Dad, that's so disgusting. Why do they have that?" I'm like, well, some people, you know, they choose to eat that, and Daddy used to eat the same way, but you know, we've chosen not to. And I ask her why, and she's like, "Well." it's not healthy and it's not nice to, you know, for the animals. And, you know, we don't need to, like, we're happy, we're strong, we're healthy. Like we need every, we have everything that we, that we need. So just infusing a little bit of information here and there, whether it's helping them um, with their reading and you're sharing stuff or you're taking them to the garden or you have them in the kitchen and you're cooking with them and you're, show them how to make, you know, a smoothie, simple stuff like that is going to start to just put some more seeds into the mind about healthy ways to eat. So at this point, now we're up to speed to the present day.
2: Can you look back at everything that's happened in the past two, two and a half years and where you are sitting today? Would you say that you are finally living your passion and pursuing your passion day to day?
0: Yes, by far, um, it has been definitely a, a challenging journey. It's not a smooth road um, but I think within that first year of going vegan, I knew that I needed to do something with it because I found something that I was just so um, passionate about like all my free time, all I wanted to do was read more books about like vegan nutrition and different athletes and uh, and watch documentaries and just infuse myself with as much information as possible. So I could share it with other people and I didn't know what it was going to look like at that point of what I would be doing. Um, and to say three years ago, like I would be doing this, I'd be sitting with you two awesome people, you know, sharing my journey and just sharing with anyone I could, anyone I could, uh, I never would have believed it. Um, but it's all about kind of finding those little tidbits of things that are happening and uh, being open to some changes and and giving yourself a shot at trying something new um, and then just going forward with it and I think you guys are talking about just taking with Alex you're talking about like uh, grabbing every little you know little nugget of information or every little thing that you could and just kind of moving forward and giving yourself another opportunity to to do what you love and at one point, you just have to take that leap and, and move forward and trust that the world will take care of you, the people that are around you will take care of you, and uh, you know if you believe in yourself and you believe what you're doing and you're honest with it, then you will be golden by far.
1: I believe that because I saw it with BJ and, and just saw it through your story that when it's time to take the jump, you'll know. What happens is that the thing that you know you need to move away from, it's going to get less and less desirable. It's going to get harder to be there. That's going to continue until you say alright, it's time to take the jump. And don't worry about when the right time is to take the jump because when you take it, it's going to be the right time. And yeah, it's, challenge, it's challenging, but life is challenging. It doesn't matter if I'm working at, you know, a pharmacy or, you know, if I'm living like my dream job. It's Life is always going to be challenging, but I'd so much rather be challenged with what I what I love and what I uh, challenged um, on the path where I'm confident that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do.
0: And that's uh, that's one thing for me the last year and a half uh, that I've kind of kept in the back of my mind. Like anything that comes up that's new or challenging, um, whether it's like the first time I did a podcast or the first time I had like a, a speaking engagement, and I shared my story and did a cooking demo I was like I was super nervous you know any of those things I was scared and I was you know hesitant to do it and I was kind of searching for ways to get out of it like oh I'm maybe feeling sick maybe I shouldn't do it but then I would (laughs) I would think back I was like you know like my wife is uh, you know sacrificed a lot for me to, to leave my job to do this my daughters have sacrificed a lot. Um, and in the end, like I want them to see me as someone that uh, is living a passionate life, that's living a way that I would want them to live. Uh, and so whenever I start to feel that um, intimidation or feel scared or like I don't want to do it, I come back to that thought, that one motivating thought is like, you know what, my family, like, I need to do it because of them and because it makes me feel good. And it's not so scary. And then you actually do it, and it's it's fine. It's not a big deal.
2: And I think you just nailed it. Like You know your why. And, and when you know your why in higher purpose, there's nothing that can distract you from accomplishing what you need to accomplish. Because you understand in those times of... In instances where you're challenged the most, you understand your why and can see through those challenges and come out the other side. So I think a lot of people... Still need to find out that why, and they'll accomplish so much more. But you're a living proof of of knowing what your why is.
0: Yeah, i I started uh, to use that when I was training for you know a half Ironman and then a full Ironman and any of the other big endurance events because you know there's always times during a race or a training and you're feeling uh, feeling down and you're feeling challenged like why am i doing this like what's the point of me being out here cycling for 100 miles in like the summer heat like this is like a bad idea but uh and i always come back like you know i'm doing it because one i love it it makes me feel good so i come back to that feeling the way it makes me feel when i i finish a race or i finish a training event but also come always comes back to for me personally just my family you know i want to i want to live my life in a way that would make my daughter's proud, my wife proud, my mom, my sisters, like everyone that I come in contact with, like proud to know me. And so that's like, all right, I got to keep going. And like, it's no big deal. And I think about all the sacrifices that people make for me to be either be out running or cycling or, or to do anything like, you know, what? I have to keep pushing on and it will be, it'll be what it'll be. But I'm confident that I'll walk out on the other end, uh, you know, in a good way.
1: And so somebody who's listening, who's, you know, at that job and they know it's not what they're supposed to do and they're not feeling good in their body and they're not feeling good in their mind and they're away from their family more than they want to be away from them. What, what can you, what would be like one thing they could do? It just comes to mind.
0: They need to, um, really focus on that one or multiple activities that they enjoy, whether it's, uh, making jewelry or if it's, um, yoga or if it's running or just that one thing that they find themselves kind of always wanting to do but maybe never having enough time to do it and then finding a way to start doing it you know whether it's uh cooking or it's writing or it's uh, anything reading a book something that they really gravitate to that um makes them feel alive that makes them kind of like uh forget about everything else that's happening in the world because they're just so uh enthralled in that moment and then start kind of moving towards that and thinking about what really makes them happy and then as long as they start kind of moving towards that I think everything starts to fall in place because things start to open up uh, and they start having maybe more contacts if like they're into making pottery and they go to like a pottery making class and someone's like oh well we're having this show and you can maybe display your pottery there and things just kind of always fall in line um, as long as you set that intention that like this is what i want to do and you put that energy forward towards doing what you love then it always um for me it's always worked out and everyone that i've spoken to that kind of follows that same um train of thought is the same thing um you find what you love do it and you'll be good to go
1: yeah the rest will come i love it how do people get in contact with you? Because you're also a triathlon coach. You're helping people with living the vegan lifestyle. How do people best get in contact with you uh, if they want to learn more?
0: So you can go straight to uh, my website, which is plantpoweredcoaching.com. I'm on Instagram and Facebook, uh, Twitter. Haven't yet gotten to uh, Snapchat yet. but I
1: can't figure Snapchat out. Yeah, I need a, a <laughs> 12-year-old to teach me.
0: I need to have my niece, <laughs> my nieces and nephews over. They got it all down, and I, I, try, and they're like, "What is, <laughs> what is that thing that you sent me?" I was like, "It just snapped." Like, no, that was like, no.
1: <laughs> I'm just secretly hoping that it just dies off, and then I don't ever I have don't to think learn so. it. Yeah, I think it, but it
2: might be one that sticks around. Oh boy!
1: All right, so plantpoweredcoaching.com. We're gonna put all this stuff, all these links up in the show notes. And um, what's next for you athletically? You got anything on the calendar?
0: Well, if I get the AOK uh, for my <laughs> wife, then uh, in April I plan on doing a hundred miler in Maryland. Sweet. And uh, my goal, long term, uh, <laughs> is that by the time I'm 40, which is uh, like four years down the road, I'd love to be able to uh, to do a double Ironman, um, and which is which is where I've set my sights. So, like the the hundred mile is like the next kind of step in that journey, and then from there maybe. Uh, you know, like a multi-day event, including more of the, the triathlon aspects. But um, just trying to find that next thing that kind of scares me, but also excites me, that fits with the family schedule.
1: I love it. And you're feeling it all on plants.
0: That's the way to go. That's yeah. it.
1: Thank you so much, Matt. It was awesome Thanks, to have you here.
0: Thank you, Matt. You guys are amazing. Awesome. I, I told you this the first time that I listened to you guys.
1: All right, that's it. Episode 40, Purpose and Passion in Your Awareness Today. We hope you guys enjoyed it. You know, I was emailing with Matt earlier this week, and it seems as though his life just continues to take off. He's super busy. His yoga classes are blowing up. And it's so funny because that's just a career he thought that would help pay the bills. But there was something in there that he listened to and he became a teacher, and now it's paying him and his students back in such a major way. He's also putting his background in education to good use as he is frequently in the school system through the Ethical Choices Program. And if this is a program that is of interest to you, check out the show notes for a link to the site. They're hiring educators all over the country right now. So I hope Matt's story was helpful in your pursuit to live your purpose and also a confirmation that when we are on our path, the one that we were always meant to live, yeah, that one, that although it's not without challenge, you guys, I mean, you got to put your freaking hard hat on. This is the warrior path, but it's like you get provided for, you get provided for. It is so unbelievably beautiful. And that's where it all comes together. But remember, it doesn't always start with hundred percent jump right in. It starts with a thought. So get curious about your life Get curious about if what you are doing is filling you up. Maybe it's not even a career change. Maybe it's just a mindset change that's waiting for you to catch on. You know, everyone is on a unique path. There is not two of us that are the same in our purpose, yet so much similarity in our struggles and successes, right? So just like you, Matt faced moments of fear and doubt but they far outweighed the unhappiness and the rat race he was living. He kept following his heart and now everything in his life is growing So thanks for everyone for tuning in and supporting Matt and Plant Powered Coaching and the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. Please consider stepping up your support of the show. Become a patron through Patreon. Use the Amazon banner link. We love you guys. We feel the love back because you're expressing it to us in so many ways. And we see that. And we thank you so much. And we trust that if the YTP is supposed to continue, that she's going to get the support she requires. That's it for this week. Until next week, you guys, stay curious. Inquire about yourself, right? Let's not be so concerned with other people. We're always so concerned with other people. Watch your own actions. Let's watch our actions. And let's ask ourselves if they're aligned with our values, right? And it's through this, you guys, you know where I'm going right now. It is through this that we are able to continue to ride the higher vibrations of life.